three, two, one. And we're live, coming at you from the bird room. That's me doing my best Joe Rogan impersonation. That was a pretty good Joe Rogan impersonation. <laughs> so we're here, uh, John. Allison. And Pichon, the bird. Pikachu. Chirp, 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 chirp. Nope. You'll hear him, but he's being quiet now. Yeah, he's like, I'm not your fucking monkey. I don't perform on demand. No. Yeah, look at those look at those head feathers perking up. So, um if I understand correctly, you did recently start working night shift at the gas station. The unnamed gas station. Yep, the unnamed gas station. That has no name. Yeah. Well, a little uh, a little hint, the logo's red, the so that's only like half of them. I was gonna say don't give hints, John. <laughs> I don't want to get, we'll both get fired. <laughs> yeah, okay, don't want to get fired, no, that's true. I just started. <clears throat> it's great. Gas yeah. stations are exciting. Mine is slow, though. Yeah, so you're, you're working, uh, you're working night shift, and, uh, I am familiar with the location. I would describe it as being, like, an oasis surrounded by dumpster fires. <laughs> so, um, you're on is the night shift, right? Is that a reference right? to the fact that, um... Your store is five minutes away and is presently a dumpster fire. Look, any time you refer to a part of town with a cardinal direction, it's not a good sign. Oh, you mean like the west side? <laughs> west side, north side. I'm just saying, I have never seen any motherfucker refer to Jacksonville Beach as the east side, even though I feel like that's what it should technically be called. Yeah. Oh, we got a surprise visit from Omar. Coming at you live from the bird room. Omar. Yeah, what's up? Yeah. Oh, oh you got rose this time? Yep, got rose. Yeah, so we are uh, we are drinking some Angry Orchards rose. It's got the, the little tilde above the E because it's fancy. <laughs> And a clear bottle. So, um, what is the most interesting thing you've seen happen so far working night shift on the west side? Mm. We had a bunch of beers stolen, beer bottles <laughs> stolen out of the six packs. Uh-huh. A bunch. And they definitely happened... Well, okay, I cannot say they definitely happened on night shift, on my shift, because there was a lot missing. Like, a lot. There was, I want to say at least a dozen beers, assorted beers missing. We had pack, uh, six packs missing one bottle. We had six packs missing two bottles. We had six packs missing five bottles. <laughs> <laughs> so someone came in with a lot of pockets <laughs> and a lot of creativity. Yeah, something I've learned over the years is um, when you uh, when people walk in, they always say, make eye contact, make mm-hmm. a sincere greeting. But I take it to the next level. I make eye contact, sincere greeting, and then I check out their pockets. <laughs> so they probably think I'm just like looking at their ass every time they walk in, but really I'm just establishing a baseline for how full their pants should be, you know, uh, before clever. they leave. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the time, 
on night shift. I'm so overwhelmed with the cleaning aspect of it that I'm not paying as much attention to the people as I should be. So that was a big wake-up call. It was not my first night. It was my second or third night. And we'd been relatively busy, but me and my manager are both new, so we really didn't expect that to happen. I have a decent idea in my head of who it was, though. Okay. Because there were these two hobos who were definitely hanging outside of our store on the corner where we could not really see them. Suspicious. For a long time. Yeah, I went went outside for two breaks and they were standing there on the corner. Yeah, sometimes you just have to um, establish authoritative presence. Yeah, if you if you don't know for sure who's doing what, you can always just kind of be nearby and just get some glances. You know, strike you up a strike up a, a strike up, up a conversation, and then yeah, they just it makes them uncomfortable and they can't steal right in front of their face. I'm not good at striking up conversation. I'm working on it. I am working on it. My it social actually, skills aren't as good as yours. It helps though. if you're not good at it. Because then it makes it awkward in kind of a Nathan for you kind of way. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, how about that baseball? Are they a baseball team or what? And then they yep. just look at you like you're retarded and then they're like, wow, oh, this bitch is crazier than I am. Here's my favorite line. My fav- this, is, this is true gold right here. This has been happening for the past, like, three out of four night shifts. Hi, good... Good evening. Good morning. Good evening. Good morning. Good evening. Good morning. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So, uh, hey, how's it going? (laughs) Will work just as promised. We got in trouble because we've been saying welcome in. That's our personalized greeting that we've come in, come up with. And James came in last night. Yeah, I don't know who came up with it. Some of the black ladies probably. I've been hearing that one around forever. The first time I heard it was up in Yuli. Oh. In 2017. And I was just like, I feel like these people are missing a word. Maybe two. (laughs) You know? Every time I hear someone say, welcome in, I go, well... Come in. <laughs> Where's the welcoming party? Yeah, like if they say welcome in, I'm like, well, come in. Well, that's come exactly in. yeah. James was saying in hushed tones to the other night manager, "Welcome in" is not a personalized greeting, and the VP did not think it was a personalized greeting oh, when shit. he came in. The VP said that we need to be saying things like "Good morning" or "Good evening" or "Hello, how are you today?" Not Welcome, 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 welcome. (laughs) (laughs) My personalized greeting is welcome, but I say it with gusto. Welcome. I put I put a vibrato in the voice. I go, welcome. Do you really every time someone walks through the door say that? More like every second or third customer, but I feel like I say it loud enough that counts for two people. I'm going to go hide at his store and fact check this. You better be doing it a lot, because one of these days I'm going to pop out from behind one of your shelving (laughs) units and say, You did not! (laughs) (laughs) You lie! You 
didn't even see me come in. I mean, you like, said two or three customers, and that was ten. <laughs> like, yeah, I do it because, like, if I knew it, if I'm the one greeting the loudest, then no one else can feel awkward about greeting. When I first started working for unnamed gas station chain, um. I had greeting as my biggest opportunity because I used to work at the roller skating rink. You don't greet people when they walk into the skating rink. You, you just don't say, even take their money and give them tickets right away. Yeah, like <laughs> I was even at the counter. Like my yeah, job, my job was to hand them skates. So they'd walk up and be like size four, and I'd be like, okay, yeah. you know. That was the extent of your conversation. Yeah, pretty hard, much. Hard work, dude. No. Um... So, like, my favorite thing is to greet the crackheads like that because <laughs> they know that this goddamn psychopath is behind the counter staring them down the entire time they're in there. Welcome! And he has way too much energy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Way too much energy at 2 a.m. and he's not even on crack. Yep. Yeah. Oh, we had a crackhead come in. He's the same crack. He comes in a lot. I'm not sure if he's a crackhead, but he might be. He talks to himself. Like, bad. And, like, you're trying to address him, and he just pretends you didn't address him and keeps talking to himself. But he says things that sound like he could be addressing you back, but uh, don't. <laughs> so it's really Those weird. Those are the people that you stare at. It's really weird. And you stare at until they feel uncomfortable, which is never, or um, to the point that they're like, what are you staring at? And I'm like, oh, now you want to have a conversation about this? That's Fight That's exactly what Tabby said. <laughs> That's almost exactly what... No. One of the managers. One of the managers said something almost exactly like that. She was very frustrated with him. And it was like his third time coming into the store to like buy a cup of ice. Or something like that. And um, so I was like, oh yeah, he just talks to himself. And she was like, well, he could at least say something back so that I know that he's done... Or something like that. It was like, or he couldn't because he's too crazy to. Next time, uh, next time, just pretend like you're in the middle of a conversation with your head. So you're like, oh wait, I gotta put you on hold real quick. What was that? I didn't hear you. <laughs> I knew a guy out in Millburg who had OCD so bad that he couldn't walk in through the enter door. Uh, the Millburg one. It used to have one door that opened in, one door that opened out. And this guy would stand outside the door that opens out and wait for someone to go out so he could go in the outdoor. There's no handle on the outside. So there's one time where he showed up on a particularly slow day and he was just standing out there and he couldn't get in. Because no one was opening the door. So eventually I turned to my manager and I was like, hold on, I'm going to go let him in. <laughs> That's something else. Wow. I ran into him in the bathroom. I thought you were um, doing a Middle Eastern joke right there for a second. No, I just, I ran into him in the bathroom um, a few weeks ago. And I wasn't even thinking. I went to hold the door open for him and he just looked at me and he shook his head no. And I figured, all right, I guess I'll just let him figure this one out because I don't know what his needs are in regards to doors that only open one direction. 
You know what you should have done? What? Try to open it backwards <laughs> and see if that would have triggered him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because so, you were going to push it push it to open it outwards so that he could come in. But he said no. So you just, like, try and open it backwards. Like, he just and you're shook like, his head no. And I'm like, okay. Okay. <laughs> no. And I just, I left. Legends say he's still there to his day. He opened a door that opens only one direction, and he's never been able to get out since. <laughs> I had a lady come into uh, my store just uh, a couple of nights ago, and she said, Have you guys noticed that strange light in the sky? Just It circled overhead three times. I think it's aliens. And I'm just thinking, like, I am half an hour behind on my cleaning. I don't have time to deal with this bullshit. I was just like, oh, it's it's probably just a P3. It's a submarine hunter. They they have turboprop engines, which are quiet, and they fly overhead. And they're searching for submarines in St. John's River. And she's like, there's submarines out there? I'm like, NAS Jax is second largest naval base on the Atlantic seaboard. And she's like, oh. That makes a lot of sense. I didn't fact check a single thing I said. I don't know if submarine hunters have lights on. No, I don't give a shit. I'm just like, I'm trying to give this lady an answer plausible enough that she'll leave me the fuck alone and go home. That sounds so believable. Oh my god. That was beautiful. <laughs> it's just like, shut up and go away. Dude, at, um, at 103rd, I saw nasty things. Like, disgusting things. Like, I saw this guy that aged, like, basically Rob um, walk into the store with a rage right, on. We're going to have to circle back to Rob later. That's a story but for describe, the podcast. Describe the age of Rob real quick. You know, just 30. general appearance. Um, he, he was in his okay, late 30s. 32-year-old pedophile. Anyway, <laughs> get back to what we were at. Skinny Kyle. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, he just walks into the store, and he has a raging heart on uh, through his fucking shorts, and it was disgusting. And I could notice it, and all he went in for for was uh, a condom pack. So I knew and reaffirmed that that was what I saw. And then I looked over to see this innocent, beautiful girl. <laughs> at the door just waiting for him and like she was a lot younger than him above 18 but i'm just like what kind of drugs is he supplying you with because i have some (laughs) and you don't need to be hanging out with him like holy shit it was just awful and i'm just like i i just you know tissued the condoms back because I thought he came on them because it was disgusting. That's gross. And then I just let him go. That's gross. But it was like one of the worst experience I've ever had over there. That's an R3M. Sounds pretty bad. I mean, I had an R3M get morning wood on my couch once. Ha. Awkward. Asian morning wood, so it wasn't really much to pay attention to. But it was so awkward. I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
or 3M means you cover the days off. You have the shit schedule because you work afternoons and nights and you sleep never. Never. Our 3M club. (laughs) Oh, no one else? Sorry, just me? Yeah. I'll be there soon. I'll be there soon. Pound it. I I opened Middleburg as an R3M. That's right. Oh, shit. Yeah, true. True. Okay, so, uh, let's see here. Now, about Rob. (laughs) Tell me about Rob. The Rob Chronicles. Tell you what. We'll do one story about Rob, and then maybe we can do another story about Rob next podcast. Keep people listening. Yep, we're we're gonna get you hooked. Like, um, I mean, Robicals. It's the Robicals. It's totally um, possible because there's so much to fucking bitch about Rob that I don't even know where to start. So maybe starting at some random point will lead us either backwards or just forwards, and at some point they'll just get it all <laughs> we have to cover who rob is so that would be a good starting point yeah where this started rob was our neighbor ex-neighbor ex-neighbor in our old apartment complex which was um hood subsidized housing exciting exciting stuff wonderful place to live <laughs> if you want high standards and in the fucking l- loud music so, we've been there for... Oh, uh, wait till you close to the, light, uh, to the mic. Okay. okay, so in the, the hood subsidized housing, he was the ex-neighbor. Yeah, he just um, basically, um, <coughs> we used to have a, we used to have a neighbor. Um, we used to have a neighbor by the name of, by the name of Amber. They used to live in this house and we were cool with her and everything until for some reason you know until they left they left and then when they left it became vacant and then rob um moved in so um it was was fine and everything was nice but for some reason he decided to bring in this 19 year old girl as a 32 year old man to his apartment and started living with her and it looks so wrong because she looked 15 and the worst offense of all was the fact that they had a cat and pets were against the rules oh yeah that was clear grounds for eviction yeah but clear not only that from he day decided, one he decided he decided to make amends with us and be friends and be cool like that because we smoke and he smokes and he drinks and he parties and he's still young as fuck. So he invites us over and he's like, yo guys, I'm going to have a keg over and we're going to fucking party this shit he up. It's like an inauguration up. party. And I'm like, all right, that's that sounds pretty dope. So I had like five friends in my house chilling at all fucking time because we had it all. We didn't need anything else. And then here comes Rob trying to introduce us to his part of his life after he just moved an entire day. And he didn't even have a TV. He didn't even have a radio. He barely had a couch. And I'm like, what the fucking party is this so shit? So what you're telling me is it was just this fucking sausage festival sitting in his empty apartment with a keg of beer. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. him. 
a friend of his, his girlfriend, and like five, 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 five of us, and four were girls, and one was me. So, and then the worst part about it was that he's like, "There's keg for the for for whoever wants it." It was Budweiser. Like I don't mind that it was Budweiser. But I do mind when it's a warm-ass keg <laughs> and it's not fucking cold. Like, thing about Budweiser is, I don't knock Budweiser. They make it here in Jacksonville, along with, like, two dozen other cities. But the, the Bud here in Jacksonville is made in Jacksonville. And it's not the worst beer. If you had a white can with a black label that said beer on it, it would be Budweiser. Because it doesn't really taste like anything except the yup that's beer if anyone hands me a Budweiser at a party I'm gonna fucking drink it cause yeah. I'm not rude as fuck but you can't have a party with warm beer yeah exactly and it would and it also anyone who can. anyone who says Budweiser is piss beer is the person who walks into the gas station and they don't even see the natural light the the King Cobra the Colt 45 Steel Reserve the bull schlitz they're the people the who goes on and on. yeah like they're the people who take three bud uh, three bottles of budweiser out of the six pack and put them in three different pockets in their cargo pants and leave no the people <laughs> who do that are the people who drink steel reserve and they're looking to snatch an upgrade the people who yeah. think budweiser is piss beer are people who are too snobby to realize worse stuff exists <laughs> Because, you know, Milwaukee's best wants to talk to you. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, anyway, so you're at this party with a warm keg of Budweiser and nothing to do. So so you just, he didn't even prep it. So I'm just, like, pumping it up. And all I'm getting is foam after foam after foam. (laughs) At one point, I just got a little bit of beer. And I just gave up and fucking sat down. And it was just warm and disgusting. And we just sat there awkwardly. And, <laughs> Kaya, just and, goes, and Kaya was like... Um, so I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. And, and each and one you know of us... There's, you know there's a problem when Kaya goes home. Yeah. And each one of us stood up. She and lives said, the party. And I said, thank you for the, the <laughs> invitation. And we just all stormed out. And went back to our party, and I fucking turned my music really fucking loud and smoked a bowl. <laughs> and it was beautiful. Oh, okay. So I just thought of a really good topic. So, Omar, when was the first time you ever smoked the wacky tobacco? The very first time. The very first time <sighs> you oh, indulged in the marriage iguana. Well, the very first time was sketchy as fuck. Because I come from a background with two parents being conservative Christians that know everything and control my life basically so there's no way i can hide anything from my parents house so there was this one day in high school that an opportunity like that came up and one of the i'm not even gonna call him my friend because he was just an acquaintance that i went to pe with 
um, just approached me at lunchtime and just said that he has some butt and it was like 10 a gram. And I was like, sounds dope. So I fucking bought it, but I didn't know what I was buying. <laughs> and then I um, basically invited him to come smoke it with me because I had no uh, tools to actually do it with. So he humored me and took me into the um into and took me behind the football field um which was like past the portables and all that shit into the woods so um at lunch we were just skipping lunch and um we just basically packed a corn bowl and fucking smoked it and it was like harsh as shit i didn't even know how to so smoke you tell me that you were like fucking frosty the snowman up in this bitch smoking weed out of a corn cob pipe yeah and i was like 16 years old and i hit that shit once maybe twice and then um i i was just feeling like shit i, I just went back I, I wasn't right in the head you know i i was just i don't know i i, I don't want to say i was paranoid because i just i wanted i wanted the experience i wanted to live differently and um I, so I knew the consequences. I knew what I was getting myself into. So I never like freaked out over it. Um, I just basically went back to lunch and went back to what I was doing. And um, I met another friend of mine named Cody. And I knew Cody used to buy from this other Mexican kid. Wait, so hold the phone for a second. So you're saying the first time he smoked, like, did you even enjoy it? Uh, I, I, I don't want to say I did because... Uh, um, uh, I I grabbed the remainder of what I had, and I gave it away to my friend Cody. I said, "Here you go. You can't have this shit. I'm not. I can't take it home." I knew I couldn't take it home. I was that shit was like asking for like a beat down. So um, I basically used the money that my mom had given me for lunch uh, for a week, and I paid for that bud. And then basically I gave it <laughs> to my friend Cody for free, and I was still like high at the time but like the feelings um i i I didn't know what i was looking for because it was it's a feeling i never felt before so it's just like um you you're you get high and you're just sitting there wondering and you just keep living your life and you're just living normally and i was just hanging out with my friends i just felt tired the entire time and then when i just got to class i just kind of like started dozing off and like one of my friends like noticed that I wasn't being myself because you know I'm always like very hyper energetic so he was just like there's something off about you and then he just like basically like realized what was going on and just like didn't want to talk to me after that so that was like after that I just didn't smoke until I became 18 so once I uh, that was kind of like the first your friends will walk away moment um that you see at um in those um don't smoke commercials you know that's that's something i never knew about you because well i mean i've never asked you that question before but i i always imagined that you probably just like smoked for the first time and then you're like oh yeah this is great i'm gonna do this forever (laughs) (laughs) no it was it was completely different like i i i didn't want to do it again but a main problem that I have is that I don't know how to say no, and I like to look cool as fuck. <laughs> so um, that gets me in trouble a lot of times because people call me out on the bluff, 
and when they call me on the bluff, it hurts, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, when I was being a lifeguard, I was hanging out with like people that were already in their twenties and living like a different life than I, than I was. They were all living on their own and like smoking all the time and shit. So um, I I started hanging out with them, and uh, one of my friends introduced me to like basically his dealer, and I went to her house and like smoked like um fucking a bunch of hash like she showed me hash for the first time with weed and um that got me even higher than what my friend had gotten me like the the day before that shit like i was so high i fucking woke up the next day i was fucking high and i had to go to work and i had to drive and i had to do all these things that <laughs> that i thought i was gonna have and and like like if i when i look back i was just so fucking blazed that i i, I remember it so vividly i've never had an experience like that before um it wasn't until like years later that i'm pretty sure i got like my hands on like some bad weed that was like laced with something because this day dude i smoked and i remember vividly how it looked like like as if i was in a movie <laughs> if that makes sense like the lighting was always perfect but it was dim and it was just like it looked like a set everywhere i went just looked like a set everyone was just playing their particular roles and they were all in the background like like the server would that just came up on uh upon us just got the got the job out of an interview that just um went down and she just got the part for it so she was just there at the <laughs> moment at the right time you know it was just that type of shit <laughs> And so, like, it's been, like, different every time. And, and um, you know, it wasn't until, like, I started living on my own that it, it just became a constant rather than a uh, one-time experience, um, if that makes sense. Because of the way I incorporated it, I was mainly hiding it and going behind people's backs and just, like, doing it for the rush rather than the experience and the feel which like created a different addiction yeah i i can empathize with the feeling of like having to hide it and when you have to hide it it creates an entirely different energy with the experience of partaking in that sort of substance like i've been in situations and particularly with you where I was either, like, wake and baking or, you know, like, as soon as I would get off work, I would go over and then, you know, we would we would have a toke and have a, a grand old time or even just veg out, veg out and watch TV. But when I have to hide it, it's like partaking creates an equivalent amount of stress to the amount of stress relief I would get from partaking and they just cancel each other out and it just doesn't feel like it's worth it anymore so like if, if it were like legal and I could just like walk down the street with a J yeah, I would totally do that in a heartbeat if it were legal but lately I've just been having to find other ways to cope, you know, like just exercising or finding other ways to try and, I guess, feel good about myself um, without 
having resulting stress from that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, welcome back. Hello. It's very, very stressful, especially when you don't have your own place and you have to, like, carry it with you at all times because you never know what can happen. Joe, like, I've been, I've been so lucky in my life because <laughs> I want to say God has um, basically watched over me um in where there's been dozens of times in where i should have gone to jail like no question uh there was this one time in where allison just picked me up from work and we just lit up a j and smoked the fuck out of it and tossed it out and the moment i tossed it out a cop stopped me i had half an ounce in my fucking glove box which was sitting on top of the car registration. We just smoked. Wait, say that again. The car registration is what we had used to roll the joint we had just smoked. So it was sticky. So <laughs> it was sticky. So Allison was nervous as fuck, and she was just like trying to tell me, but I just rolled a joint in it, and I stopped her at the butt, and I said. Hand it to me. (laughs) And I grab my paperwork and I hand it to the cop. Which, by the way, I've never... I've... I've, He was a weird cop. I've been... I've been involved in a couple of stops. And I... I watch a lot. I watch a lot of cops in Life PD to know that cops don't do this. So the cop stops me and he approached my vehicle, but he doesn't approach my window. He approaches my um, rear driver's side window. And from back there, he's like, do you know why I stopped you? And I'm like sticking my head out the window looking back. No, (laughs) sir. Why? You're... Rear tear lights are not working. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, I'm not aware of that, sir. And Allison's like, ta-ta, hitting me in my chest. Yes, you are. And I'm like, yes, I am, officer. (laughs) (laughs) And he was like, well, there's going to be a ticket, son. And I'm like, that's fine. Give us a ticket that day? Nope. Alright, but real talk is is way easier to get off with a warning for the rear lights than for the headlights. Because with the rear, you can say, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see that there behind me. Yeah. Yeah, but but how do you explain me handing him a registration that was sitting on half an ounce of marijuana that had just been used to roll a joint as well? And I give it to the cop after he just stopped me for no apparent reason and decided to stay back there and then run my shit, noticed that I didn't have anything, came back, gave me a warning for it right next to my window that could have just smelled marijuana. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised because he had a prime opportunity i mean catching a puerto rican with his taillights out with weed on his registration i mean that would have been a perfect opportunity just call a canine out and throw you in jail for the rest of your life no this is why i 
stayed with Allison. <laughs> I'm kidding. Because they saw a brown man with a you white heard, woman. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> if you are brown, marry a white chick. Yeah. It's like your get out of jail free card. Basically. Like the, more than just that one time. The cop said, oh, he must be up to no good. Let me stop him. Oh, shit. He has a white girlfriend. Act cool. Act cool. Uh, uh, like, I forgot my line, but do you know why I stopped you, sir? No. Well, neither do like, I. Like, hey, what up, homies? I'm hip and PC and in with the culture. I'm going to give you guys a warning. Don't put this on YouTube. Don't test me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we're going to go for a brief intermission. The new episode of the South Park is coming on. And we're going to come back at you with a post-episode discussion. Peace.